Hey, welcome to the Gentle Rebel podcast. I'm Andy Mort. I'm a sound artist, songwriter and slow coach. And I explore life's harsher edges with a spirit of playful creativity. I love helping people see the world through the lens of their unique creative sensitivities, rising above the cynicism, bitterness and resentment that disconnects us from ourselves, one another and the playful possibilities within and around us. I look for ways to tune into our sound, to process life's endless noise, express our creative voice and explore the contours of human potential with openness, curiosity and a shared sense of purpose. So I'm recording this at the start of a new year. It's a time when many people are thinking about projects and habits and changes that we want to focus on next. And whenever we seek advice, support, help uh, on making some kind of change like that, we're rarely far uh, from a coach who kind of pops up and says, I, I can help. Um, but I don't know if you've noticed, like the world of coaching has become kind of a, a confusing and mysterious mixed bag. Maybe it always has been. I think there's always been ambiguity around this word coaching. Like what, what do we mean by that? Um, so I thought it might help to, to share some potential red flags uh, to look out for if you're considering working with a coach uh, in the coming weeks, months and year. Um, I originally wrote this as a blog post, uh, but then when I was editing it, I thought it might be nice to, to actually talk it through and uh, kind of unpack some of the, the nuance in it, because I think it's sometimes r- the written word can, uh, obviously it's, a, it's often an, an intimate connection between reader and, and writer, author, um, but sometimes it can be slightly disconnecting. Uh, so I thought it might be nice to, yeah, just put my voice to it as well. So I'm going to read through uh, the the post and then I'll add things that occur to me as I go. Um, and then I'd love to invite you to share any res- any of your responses with me uh, afterwards. You know, if anything that I'm talking about resonates or if you have any uh, confusions, anything to add, uh, it'd be great to hear from you. Just, yeah, drop me a message and um, uh, yeah, it'd be great to, to have a conversation. I'm sure that this is going to be an evolving topic as different trends uh, appear and as things maybe that that I talk about in this uh, in this episode um, no longer are relevant, the things fade away because that this it's a kind of world that 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 sort of thing happens. Um, but yeah, there's always going to be new things to look out for around this type of thing. So w- what I really want to do is uh, kind of raise awareness. The red flags are more maybe more kind of the form rather than the content. So the the kind of approaches that we might see people taking um, and just that being, okay, hold on, that's that's similar to this other thing. So we might be able to apply across different uh, areas, these, these red flags. Um, But yeah, I suppose it just starts with this, this trend that you might've noticed, like everybody seems to be a life coach (laughs) these days, you know, the word coach appears in uh, millions of social media bios above uh, an endless stream of kind of like the sorts of phrases and words that you're like, what, what does that mean? And I think the abundance of coaches is uh, kind of in large part due to the prevalence of um, programs that that promise to coach coaches, you know, coach training programs uh, that really have popped up everywhere. Just to be clear, I have coach in my bio, um, you know, slow coach. Uh, and coaching is a big part of what I do. And I think the reason that I feel kind of drawn to explore this is because I believe in the potential of coaching to really help people identify and work on meaningful projects and pursuits in a structured way that, um, you know, doesn't happen when we're alone. I think there's great 
power in a coaching conversation. Um, but there are just this, this increasing number of things. I'm like, this is, this is not doing a, the industry any good, but it's not doing people any good. Um, and it's going to undermine the, the entire thing so that then the, the good that can come from coaching, uh, will just be lost anyway, because, you know, we become cynical and we become, uh, disenfranchised with, with the whole concept. Um, coaching is, is kind of, it, I, I, describe it as a horizontal partnership that builds a scaffold around a particular challenge, a particular goal or a project. Uh, and the person being coached, um, you know, has this thing that they want to address or they want to, to do, they want to accomplish. Um, and then together you, you kind of essentially find the best and most effective way forward for them personally. So that it's always driven by the person being coached as the, yeah, this is the thing that's motivating me. This is the, the, the way forward that I want to, um, that I want to take. So we'll explore more of what that means as we bounce off some of the red flags. I think it, it will all be kind of implicit in that process. Um, but yeah, there's a surge, uh, I think a surge in grifters looking to capitalize on an unregulated industry during this time of, um, what, a time of genuine material precarity. You know, people are, um, struggling at this time. And so many coaches, coaching coaches programs, um, you kind of see similarities to multi-level marketing schemes, um, which, you know, encourage you to invest all of your savings into uh, an unfounded promise of freedom and fortune. It says, you know, if you want to uh, live the life of your dreams, um, then become a coach and you can do all of that. And this will train you to to become a coach and so they're kind of taking advantage of vulnerable people in precarious positions looking for genuine help in a time of, of genuine need um, by promising to eliminate these real challenges that are being faced by people um, and promising these kind of magic bullets to do that um, and there's I don't know if you've come across as kind of I'd say a swathe of documentaries and articles and investigative podcasts that have started um popping up highlighting these these red flags around life coaching um the conspirituality podcast uh, released a, an episode recently as i'm recording this uh, examining these parallels between mlms and then these coaches coaching coaches programs um season three of the dream kind of very similar thing diving into uh, the the kind of coaching and wellness world and some of the things that's like well that's okay that's not good um very interesting uh, i've got some some issues with some of the the things in that um particular podcast but uh, on the whole it's you know it's highlighting some some things that really need highlighting there's an ever-growing library of shows uh, exposing abuses in the name of coaching uh you know es escaping twin flames great example of the, the just the abuse of this word coaching to be used in in a way it's just like it's just not coaching and then coaching the coaches, you know, creating this community of coaches that then coach more coaches. And you're just like self-perpetuating all of these coaches in the name of coaching. It's, it's very odd. And so you're thinking about, okay, you know, that it's an unregulated industry. Uh, that's a huge aspect of this. And while it's not perfect, that reputable coaching bodies, uh, do take great care to develop standards and core competencies that keep coaches and coaches uh, as safe as possible uh, amid this lack of official regulation. And so for coaches and coach training programs, they're, 
uh, that are accountable to and assessed by associations like the International um, Coaching Federation, the ICF. Um, there is this level of professionalism and knowledge uh, that is demanded of those who pursue accredited certifications. And so the people and the organisations that buy into that are all invested in that and they're all accountable to um, the, the agreed on um, regulations and competencies and all of that sort of stuff. You know, there are well-defined, concrete explanations about what you can expect from working with a coach. Things that coaching is and, and things that coaching isn't. Um, and while every coach has a different personal and professional approach and they're going to develop the most effective ways of working with the particular people that they tend to work with, you know, that those sorts of the tools and the resources and techniques that they use are going to be um, kind of bespoke to certain, uh, certain temperament types and personality types. Um, the basic scaffold of coaching is necessarily pretty rigid it's it's a solid thing that you can um that you can really use to assess like is this is this really coaching or is this something else um but loose definitions and ambiguous understandings of coaching you know this word coaching you ask most people you know what 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 is coaching or what does a coach do um, they're probably not going to be able to give you <laughs> a, a very concrete definition of it and so this can confuse those of us exploring the field as a means of support for for what we uh, what we want help with and then this can lead to misconceptions and a lack of awareness about what to look for and what to avoid when searching um, for a coach so what is coaching let's start with um, the ICF's definition um, so building on their definition this is kind of a paraphrase of it I brought a few of my own words to it coaching is a thoughtful and creative partnership between coach and coachee that inspires them to explore the possibilities. It helps unlock sources of imagination and resourcefulness to overcome external challenges and inner obstacles to desired outcomes. It's focused on creating a practical pathway for a future-oriented objective. So that might sound like <laughs> word salad as I'm reading that, but it's a very sort of, you know, it's future-focused. It's looking at a specific thing uh, that the person being coached wants to address overcome um, or um, accomplish and then it's finding um, helping them find the path forward to that um, so coaching is not about fixing it's not about advising and it's not about training coaching is a specialist skill in and of itself it's not about telling someone what to do or imparting knowledge it's built on structured conversations that require trust and collaboration to serve an intentionally articulated purpose um, and so, yeah, the documentaries and exposés often highlight practices that insidiously and explicitly contradict these core coaching principles. I think specifically the uh, telling people what to do is, is something that um, we'll, we'll get into uh, in a bit. But yeah, it's the, it, this, this idea that equating coaching to a to giving advice is a massive thing. And it, it's one of the things in the um, in those podcasts this was mentioned in the Conspirituality podcast, in the, in the dream, um, it keeps coming up as like, you know, when you're thinking about hiring a coach, do you really want this this sort of person advise, giving you life advice or give, advising you? And it's like, well, that's not coaching anyway. <laughs> so it's this, I think that's the, the biggest misconception of coaching is that you are, um, you're finding someone to give you advice. 
that's not coaching. Um, so yeah, let's look at some of the, uh, uh, some of the red flags. Um, if you're looking to make a change in your life and could use professional support to help you find focus, motivation and the right path forward, working with a trained coach is a great option. However, not all coaches are equal and I've compiled a list of red flags based on my observations and conversations with others who have horror stories from the so-called coaches they've encountered. Um, so yeah, this is my kind of my own observations and then I've brought when people that I've worked with have come with, with baggage from working with coaches in the past and like I've worked with this person and you know, this is what, this is what they did. It's like, that's, yeah, that's not cool. Um, so I've kind of weaved in some of those, uh, not using any names, not using any specific details, but just the, the broad, uh, trends that we, we might see and that we can be aware of. Um, so firstly funnels systems and promises, um, it's obviously kind of a, a marketing aspect of, of all of this, but I would say be suspicious of any coach guaranteeing a specific result. So the psychological allure of the get rich quick form leads us into the temptation of nefarious promises. So if it sounds too simple to be true, it almost certainly is. The question to ask ourselves is who wants me to believe that this is easy and what's in it for them if I buy into this belief? So they joked on the Conspirituality podcast that the strapline of these programs is come for the promise of cash, stay for the emotionally abusive grandiosity. And so this is where, you know, you, you might see kind of um, parallels with multi-level marketing programs when you're thinking, OK, what, what's in it for them if they train, if they kind of train me to be a coach? And then am I being trained to coach other coaches? Is, is that it? Um, because once in a program like that, it's often difficult to leave without a barrage of scarcity and failure based marketing that aims to trigger feelings of shame and worthlessness. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, in once you're in that sort of funneled system, is there a way out that doesn't make you feel terrible about your that they don't kind of use emotionally manipulative uh, language to, to make you feel like you're messing up your life <laughs> and that actually you should invest more money into this thing. Uh, second red flag, selling you a new problem. So if you woke up today without the problem that you're suddenly considering hiring a coach for or buying their course to solve it, uh, stop. You don't need it. And it's not a problem. Just go back in time and forget you ever came across them. Um, so yeah, that's you're just picking up on I mean, it's a, a tactic we see in marketing all the time is, you know, create problems that you can then solve. Um, and we see this, yeah, in the self-development world massively. It's like, oh, this thing that, this thing you weren't worried about yesterday because you never really thought about it. Actually, um, this is this is a real problem, you know, that you're thinking in this way. And I can, I can help you. Um, I can help solve that. But yeah, give me all your money and I'll do that. Um, third one advice. So, you know, I've touched on this already. One of the biggest misconceptions of coaching is that a coach will tell you what to do. It's a red flag. If someone sees coaching as sharing the secret to success and advising you how to do the same as them, this might be helpful in certain teaching, training or mentoring contexts, but it is not coaching. An expert coach has first and foremost become skilled in the art of person centered coaching a good coach will be able to coach you around anything, even if your goal or project or challenge is outside of their field of knowledge. 
In fact, too much knowledge can sometimes be a hindrance because the temptation to give advice and cast judgment might derail the conversation. Pretty self-explanatory. Um, obsession with external measures. So, yeah, this is a big one. And maybe this is a personal one for me, but uh, the words six or seven figure business, six or seven figure income uh, can be a red flag when within the coaching context, somebody is selling themselves as like the person that will help you get to the six or seven figure business. Um, again, they're kind of appealing to the part of us that wants safety and freedom in a precarious world. Um, and it activates our nervous system to respond from a place of scarcity and fear. Um, and this is something you know, I work a lot with people around, you know, just becoming aware of, you know, what's your body telling you? Like, what, what is the, where's the story coming from as you engage with, uh, whether it is like a marketing message or something that someone wants you to do? Are you re- responding from a place of uh, kind of sympathetic mobilization in your nervous system? Where it's like, ah, oh, yeah, this is, again, the when you're given a problem that you never knew you had, that does the same sort of thing. It puts you into a state of kind of activated protection. And so this kind of signaling says something about the way a coach measures success as well. Um, but how much money someone makes tells you nothing about the value of what they do in any genuine terms. Um while it might feel like money is what we're after, most people are looking for deeper growth and connection to more meaningful projects and pursuits. In other words, intrinsic motivations. So a good coach will help you explore creatively energizing ways to stay motivated on the path towards personally compelling outcomes. So the things that you actually want um, and a good coach will help you kind of figure out, you know, is this my goal? Is this the thing that I want? Um, and you'll soon start to realize actually when you explore your motivations no this is not this is not personally compelling it's just something i'm doing to uh, i don't know fit into society or to appease uh, somebody maybe a family member who thinks i should do this thing and you start to you start to figure out okay um this is this is my goal this is someone else's goal for me um and i've been holding this for a long time and i'm you know, banging my head against a wall with this, but actually I just need to let go of it and kind of orientate towards uh, something more important to me, more meaningful to me. And that's another thing that coaching is really, really good for um, if you work with a good coach. Um, A vertical relationship structure is another red flag. The idea that a coach should be better, that they should be more successful, knowledgeable or advanced than the coachee is misleading. Sometimes it's helpful for a coach to know how it feels to be in your position. But if they want you um, to believe they have all the answers, they're not coaching. That's a red flag. You're forming a partnership which exists in service of the coaching agreement. So the goal that they are supporting you to move towards through these focused and constructive coaching conversations that lead you to take purposeful action between sessions. You may choose a coach who has done what you want to do or who you consider more successful quote unquote, but that shouldn't be instilled or perpetuated by the coach. They should help you find a compelling path and connect with your approach to accomplishing your your desired outcome, which will ultimately look different from theirs. Um, next one, buzzwords and empty phrases. So what will the coach actually do with you? <laughs> what will working together look like? Uh, if all they seem to sell are vague aspirations and magical thinking, uh, that's definitely a red flag. Uh, for example, we might see a lot of 
transform your life into one of fulfillment, empowerment and meaning so you can experience abundant freedom and clarity. Get in sync with your soul's potential, find your purpose and build the life of your dreams. Absolutely nothing said in that paragraph. It's just all absolute guff. Um, But it's the kind of thing we see a lot. Um, Pressure to act now. Uh, Just going back to that previous one, actually. Um, If that is the case, if you are looking at uh, a coach who you're there's something about them that you're like you know actually like i'm drawn to something in in their i don't know demeanor in what they're talking about um but all i'm seeing is this this guff um get in touch with them and get you know find out concretely like what is it that how how would working with you look um and present you know we'll get into some questions to ask prospective coaches um at the end but yeah just kind of take the lead i think that my my biggest suggestion when considering working with any coaches uh, take the lead in terms of the questions you ask before you work together and say like you know this have a have an idea of what you want as a, as a result even if you don't know concretely what your uh, what your goals are or the exact nature of the project you want to work on um have an idea of what working with a coach is going to um give you you know what you'll have at the end of it that you don't have now um, and then bring that to the to the questioning um, of of the coach and say you know what will what will that process look like how we're working together um, you know what shape will that take um, pressure to act now okay if you feel rushed into signing up with a coach it's a red flag false scarcity marketing tactics work because they mobilize our sympathetic nervous system and force us to act quickly to mitigate the danger of missing out but they're also a signal of a person's character. They tell us about the coach's values and what we might expect if we decide to work with them. I think it was a conversation with Sarah Santa Croce. And we were talking about how um, kind of the way that you are marketed to sets the the rhythm and the tone and the expectation of how you will engage with the thing that is being marketed. So if somebody uses like scarcity tactics um, and kind of plays on mobilizing that that defensive thing or they're they're kind of promising solutions to something that is uh, very real and visceral in the nervous system um, then that is how that person is going to show up and engage with the uh, the thing that is being offered as well and with coaching that that's you know you want people as calm and as clear thinking as possible uh, when you're in a coaching conversation you need creativity to be um, just alive in that in that moment and if somebody is is on the defensive or in that state of protection they are not going to get anything out of coaching um and so if you feel like that is what you're being um i don't know sort of if that's being mobilized in you uh, in that marketing part then just to think you know how do you feel about that um And on a similar note, a lack of connection. So you're not going to click with every coach, um, which is completely normal. Um, It doesn't make someone a bad coach if you have a, you might have like a discovery call with someone and think, yeah, there's there's no rapport here. There's no connection. That doesn't make them a bad coach. It just means actually that they're not the right coach for you. Um, But if they're kind of deliberately, if you you get the sense they're deliberately controlling rapport, uh, maybe employing a cruel to be kind approach, uh, or actively playing with the connection, creating disconnection, um, that, which is something I think we can 
often pick up on. You know, some people are, are masters at that, um, especially if they've trained in uh, NLP, neurolinguistic programming. They that can be used for nefarious purposes. Um, but yeah, just notice. You know what what are the ebbs and flows of this interaction uh, doing to me? What's what's the story I'm telling myself about this person? What is the story I'm telling myself about myself in comparison to this person? Is that being um, manipulated by them? Is that being sort of steered um, by them? You know, they're not there uh, to make you feel bad about yourself. A coach isn't there to control or coerce you. Their job is to support you in an environment conducive to safety in your nervous system, to a feeling of connection, to a, 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 a an environment that's safe enough for you to think with openness and creativity. Um, likewise, if they test your um, commitment by manipulating you, uh, you know, I hear so often like, I charge more than you're comfortable paying so that you take the process seriously and you do the work. Um, that kind of thing can be a red flag. Again, it, there's, a, there's a, a kernel of truth um, within why that might be said, because, you know, the more we're invested in something and that the, the obvious way of, of that happening is financially, uh, the more likely we are to, to take action and to make the change happen. Um, but I, I just think unless they give you that money back at the end, I think it's just an excuse for emotional extortion. A lot of the time I charge you loads for your own good. Like to me, that doesn't make, I, w- I would love to see that, I don't know how it would work, but like almost like a deposit. If somebody really believes in that as a way of motivating someone, um, rather than pocketing that extra money that you believe is beyond what you're worth as a coach, you know, whether you do or not. But if that's the tactic that you're employing, put that money somewhere and then give that back at the end of your coaching um, partnership. I don't know. Could that work? How would that work? Um, but anyway, there's red flags around that stuff. Um, blurred boundaries is another red flag. If the coaching is part of a group or community, does it feel like you must adopt specific values and beliefs to uh, to belong? So is are you feeling like you're changing away from yourself um, in order to, to be part of something? This part of, does the community to support the temporary coaching scaffold, you know, uh, scaffold that you have a clear destination for Uh, or do you sense your autonomy being lost to a tribal identity if you feel like you can't exist without the group that's a red flag a healthy community will expand your sense of possibility and potential beyond its walls rather than making you feel like you can't function outside of those walls Um, another red flag is selection process so if a coach has a selection process at more than likely a, just a marketing tactic, uh, unless they really are um, that pressed for time or they're just not not coaching. Um, and so it's kind of like, okay, I will coach one or two people this year, but I'm, I'm, it's going to have to be well selected. Um, but if it's, you know, a professional coach who's coaching a lot all the time and they have a selection process, um, they ask you to apply and then they let you know if your application is successful or not. There's a chance that might just be, you know, is there, are we aligned being able to work together? And it's a red flag if you get that sense that once you get the green light, you feel special, um, you feel chosen, you feel like you shouldn't squander the chance to spend tens of thousands of dollars on this once in a lifetime opportunity. 
Um, so again, be aware of the feelings evoked through processes like that and put time around making decisions. Take as much time as you possibly can and that you need before making a decision. And if they follow up with, um, you know, a message akin to, uh, well, your place is about to be taken by somebody else. So you need to, you need to decide whether you want it or not. I would say that's a, a, a red flag in itself and, and decline that opportunity, quote unquote. Um, because in all likelihood it's just trying to rush you into making a decision and it's 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 almost while it's not love bombing um per se it has that similar kind of uh essence and flavor to it um because it's trying to make you feel like you've been chosen that you are special like we accept your application well done you've you've made it to this this place where we're willing to uh, coach you and so that that's a feeling of validation. It's a feeling that can make you like, oh, yeah, I better not squander this. Um, but actually think of it <laughs> in as cold and clear terms as possible. Like, well, what if that is actually a marketing tactic? Uh, no clear end point. So if you don't have a clear idea of where you're going, you might find yourself in a web that becomes a life support machine. Coaching is a tool for a specific purpose, whether that's a particular goal or project, or it's to untangle a bunch of stuff across different aspects of life. There should always be a north star towards which you're heading. A coach is like a rocket booster that helps a space shuttle get to orbiting height. They will help you reach the place you want to go, and once there, they need to be jettisoned, otherwise you will get pulled back down to Earth. So yeah, this is just that uh, that idea of, you know, again, similar to the community part, like are you being brought into something that is going to be really difficult to get out of? Is it actually changing your beliefs and your values um, in ways that aren't, you know, that intrinsically there to you personally, but like in order to belong to this thing, then you need to, you, you become almost ensnared in the life support machine of, of this thing rather than a life support machine helping you get to a point where you can uh, live without it, I suppose. Uh, not a perfect metaphor that one, but you know, we'll, we'll run with it. Hopefully the point is made. Um, yeah, and if a coach keeps presenting endless upsells and reasons for you to keep working together, that's also a red flag. You'll know when you've reached that orbiting height and a good coach will regularly check in to ensure that the partnership is still serving its purpose. So that is definitely something that, you know, you you want to have confidence in the coach, that the coach has like genuinely has your best interests at heart. Um and the North Star of that partnership, there's this thing that you're working together around. And is that still is this partnership still conducive to that? Is it still necessary? Um, and that agreement will be an ongoing thing. You know, the coaching agreement isn't a one time thing. It's constantly being sort of evaluated and, and brought um, brought into focus. So, yeah, just to finish. So they're, they're the main red flags. I'd love to hear if you have any more um, or that if there's any aspects of the ones that I've highlighted that, yeah, actually, you know, maybe you have concrete examples of, of the way things uh, of things that have happened in that way for you. Um, but I, I, I would I want to finish with some questions. So starting with some questions to ask yourself before you, you choose a coach. It's like what specific outcome are you looking to achieve with a coach? Uh, where did this desire come from? I.e., was it manufactured through marketing or is it something you've been considering for a while? What style of coaching do you need? 
So when you think back to people maybe who have helped you untangle thoughts and get motivated on important things and find a way to take action in the past, you know, what is it that connects for you in in their approach? Um, so it might be, you know, having somebody who's really like good at challenging you to think of new ways of uh, approaching things. It might be somebody who is just there um, to gently reflect back stuff that you're saying and to, to ask questions that, um, yeah, just have a, a, a soft approach. You know, we all need different things when it comes to exploring this sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, really think about what it is that you, you require, what's been effective for you in the past questions to ask yourself when speaking with a potential coach. Um, so like, yeah, awareness as you're having that conversation. So if you're having whether it's uh, an email exchange or a a call um, with this person or you're meeting them in person. Uh, how do you feel when you're speaking with them? What tells you that you can trust them? Do you feel pressured to make a quick decision? So are they using false scarcity tactics like limited time offers or um, spaces? Do you feel safe to ask questions and learn more about their coaching philosophy, approach and history? Um, so just, I guess, really just checking in with, okay, what's my intuition telling me here? Um, and then if there are things that your intuition, um, is kind of raising within you, can you bring that to that conversation? Can you, are you safe to ask those questions? And if not, um, you know, is what, why is that like thinking about all of that sort of stuff? Um, and then, you know, analyzing the red flags, the, if there's a, an external resistance to the questions that you might be asking, um, that in itself, I would say, is enough to make you think, okay, this is not the coach for me. Um, and then questions to ask the prospective coach before agreeing to work with them. So these, um, the, there's a bunch of these on the uh, International Coaching Federation website as well, things to, um, you know, as you're preparing to work with a coach, things to just sort of bear in mind, things to ask a coach, like what is your coaching experience? What is your coach specific training? Uh, what is your coaching philosophy? What are some of your coaching success stories? Uh, so like specific examples or case studies, you know, what, what have you worked with other people around? You know, what have you helped people sort of uh, get clear on and, and accomplish um, in, in a coaching partnership with you? Uh, are you insured? Uh, are you a member of a reputable coaching body? Um, so the ICF, great example, because you can verify whether or not a coach is a member of, of the ICF and whether they've got um, accreditations through the ICF specifically. Um, every ICF member has to have trained through a um, through a company that, ha that has a partnership with the ICF um, and they have standards that they set. So they have, uh, yeah, fairly rigorous um, conditions to to that um, accreditation. So, yeah, I mean, I'm a big advocate of the coaching process. It, I think it's a beautiful way to explore our many human potentials, um, and I think this, that's why I've felt compelled to to take the time to to write the piece and to to record this podcast episode because I hate seeing people exploit others. <laughs> That's what it really boils down to, I think. Um, and I would love to see people become more critically informed about what coaching is and what coaching isn't. Um, otherwise, as I said at the beginning, I think we we run the risk of just be, becoming cynically disengaged from the whole thing. 
uh, and for coaching to lose all of its meaning. Um, so can you add any red flags to the list from your observations and experiences? Um, if you're still confused about what coaching is and isn't, um, I'd be delighted to, to chat with you. Feel free to drop me a message um, and yeah, kind of arrange a, a call. You can ask me any questions or just email me any questions and I'll, uh, I'll get back to you. Or you can uh, book a pick the lock call with me uh, and experience it directly if you if you fancy it. I have a few slots for one-off sessions that are they're all choose your own price um, for the pick the lock um, coaching sessions. Because another thing that irritates me about the coaching industry is you know what you see around pricing. Sometimes the idea that coaches should charge like extortionate amounts of money so that people take them seriously or whatever. You know, I, I kind of get the the psychology of that, as I said earlier. But I I hate seeing coaching as a preserve for privilege. Um, I really I want it to be as accessible as possible to everybody because I know how much it can help. And you know, I, the idea that only a select few people who can afford it uh, can benefit from it just doesn't it doesn't sit right for me. So I guess my choose your price offer is a small way of being able to to do that. Um, and it also, I, I think, works really well as giving a low pressure way to, to meet and just to have an introductory coaching conversation without um, any pressure. You know, that sometimes it can feel like if you're on a free discovery call with a prospective coach, there's this elephant of the sales pitch. There's this elephant of this. We all know there's no such thing as a free lunch. Um, there's always some something attached to it. Um, and yeah so that's always there with a, dis a free discovery call which is not there with you know these choose your own price uh, kind of pick the lock calls we just get on the call focus on you and your challenge your goal your project and hopefully you'll you'll end feeling clearer uh, on some simple intangible actions that you can take uh, next so yeah just visit my website andymort.com to find out more about that uh, or drop me a message as i say uh, with any reflections or questions about what we've uh, been exploring today all right i think that will do us um until next time remember you are an artist the world needs your art now go and make somebody's day bye-bye